This is an ABC podcast. What's the very first interaction you had with your mother as you entered the big wide world? Speaking personally, although I can't remember the event, it was my absorbing the many bacteria and other microorganisms as I emerged with a beaming flourish from the birth canal. And there I was in minutes anointed with protective little bugs by the thousand, perhaps millions, to help me resist infections from the wider new world outside mum. So important are these maternal germs that now, according to the journal Nature of August the 22nd, doctors in Sweden and elsewhere are swabbing babies from caesarean births so that they too can have that protective anointment from their mothers. Bear this in mind as you hear from Dr Tiffany Nelson. She's both a marine scientist and one who deals with human microflora. She's with QFAB, based in Queensland. Thank you, everyone. It's so great to be here. So in the last 10 years, we have learned a lot about microbiomes, especially the ones in our gut. And I'm talking a lot. We've had books and TV shows, and we've heard all about the incredible number and diversity or variety of bugs that are in our gut. They really outnumber our own cells by a factor of 10. So these microbes, they play a hugely critical role in keeping us very healthy. But I really want to talk to you today about the vaginal microbiome. So it's a little bit less well known, although half of us know a lot about it. Um, if you haven't heard of it, don't worry. It's only started getting attention because, you know, all the professors, they're males, they don't really care, and so they get all the grants. But even without science, most women, I think, will really understand the importance of your microbiome. Common disorders like thrush and vaginosis affect millions of women globally. And the discomfort and itchiness and pain they bring can cause embarrassment and really curb your ability to do normal activities. What might not have been clear, though, is that these disorders occur when your microbiome is knocked out of balance. So just like the gut, the vagina has a huge variety of fungi and bacteria that exist in a normal situation in every woman. And these types of organisms in the vagina vary because of a variety of factors, something like ethnicity, menstrual cycle, type of bath you have, when you have a bath, how hot it is, your underwear if you wear a G-string, sexual practices, how many sexual partners you have, if you use a douche, which is flushing your vagina, even smoking, which I'm going to get to in a minute. Some of these bacteria are really tightly linked to a woman's cycle, which just reminds us that we have evolved with these microbes in our system. The most well understood of these groups is the lactobacillus. So you probably know lactobacillus because it's a starting culture in yogurt. It actually converts lactose, the sugar in milk, into the sour tasting yogurt that we have. But in the vagina, the lactobacillus convert a different type of sugar. It's glycogen, and they convert that into lactic acid. And it's this glycogen that's secreted by the cells in the vaginal wall, and the amount of glycogen changes throughout the menstrual cycle. We're not quite sure exactly how it links in with the menstrual cycle. It seems to be related to your glycogen, which changes with the flow of your cycle. When oestrogen levels are low before puberty and then the lead up to menopause, the glycogen secretion is also low. And at these life stages, the lactobacillus is also very low in your community of your vaginal habitat. 
So these lactobacillus produce so much acid that they actually convert this vaginal tract into a low pH. So think lemon juice sort of habitat. And the lactobacillus, they love acid. And what this really does is it provides a protective barrier. So that low acid is not nice for other bacteria to survive there. So this keeps them away and it also prevents diseases and infections from happening. So when your vaginal tract has lots of lactobacillus and an acidic pH, you are less likely to get STIs, so sexually transmitted infections, gonorrhea, chlamydia, HIV. These are all reduced in situations when you have a very high lactobacillus. So the dominance of these lactobacillus doesn't just prevent infection, it helps out during pregnancy as well. Um, so the concentration of lactobacillus in the vagina is often much more stable during pregnancy with a higher than normal estrogen occurring during this life stage. If your lactobacillus is thriving when you're pregnant, you'll be less likely to have a miscarriage. You'll also have a much higher chance of falling pregnant in the first place if you have a dominant lactobacillus. These important reproductive milestones in your life as a woman, the vaginal habitat is really strongly protected by the lactobacillus and it really highlights this strong relationship, this evolution that we have with these bugs in our systems. Sometimes in our life things happen or we exhibit behaviours perhaps that disrupt the balance of these vaginal microbiome. On occasion we might end up with a low abundance of lactobacillus Without these lactobacillus fermenting the glycogen to acid, the pH in the vagina becomes less acidic. One familiar cause could be taking an antibiotic, for example. Almost 40% of women end up with thrush when antibiotics knock out their lactobacillus. And without that acid in the environment, the thrush-causing fungi are able to sort of get a foothold and really allows them to survive in that now higher acid level. So there's other factors apart from antibiotics that can mess with our lactobacillus or glycogen balance, and they're the subject of a lot of the research that I've been involved with. So even our sex partners and the number of them that we have over our life and in periods of years can really have an impact on the vaginal microbiome. So if you've had one male sex partner, for example, in the past six months instead of zero, you may have a lower production of glycogen and lower levels, therefore, of protective lactobacillus. But if you have more than two male sex partners, it appears that this is no different than having no partners in terms of your protective lactobacillus levels. So this is not lifestyle advice at all, it's just science. And researchers are kind of looking at all these factors besides our sex partners. So things like body mass index, if you have a higher BMI, you might have a higher chance that you won't produce as much glycogen. Increases in stress hormones can reduce the dominance of the lactobacillus. And those stress hormones can somehow protect bacteria that couldn't normally survive the acid environment. Unfortunately, having this greater diversity of bacteria and this low lactobacillus in the vaginal tract can really cause discomfort in the form of a symptomatic bacterial vaginosis in some of the women. One of the more noticeable symptoms in bacterial vaginosis is malodor. This happens because the other bacteria, this now diverse community of bacteria, they do not convert the glycogen to acid. They feed on other compounds. They actually use amino acids and convert those into polyamines. 
these polyamines have names like cadaverine and putrescine, and it's not surprising they have a foul odour because putrescine comes from the word putrefaction, cadaverine comes from the word cadaver or dead body. So these are not nice things to have in that region of your body. Um, so the strong risk factors for things like BV are when you have a new sex partners or multiple sex partners over short periods of time. If you started sex earlier in your life, under the age of 16, you're often more at risk. Not using condoms, receiving oral sex, vaginal douching. Generally speaking, women who had their first sexual intercourse before 16, as I mentioned, and women with more than three sexual partners in the previous year are just more likely to experience BV. There's another risk factor that I mentioned, and that was smoking. In a study I was involved with, we looked at the impact of smoking on BV in a cohort of women. And we found that if you smoke cigarettes, you are more likely to have a lower than normal abundance of lactobacillus and then to develop BV. Just how this relationship works is not incredibly clear, but when we take a swab from the vagina, it produces a result that is actually similar to the swab we see in your mouth. We just have a similar habitat and microbiome there. So compounds like nicotine and tobacco are present in the vagina of women who do smoke. And if you've been taking things like cocaine or painkillers or analgesics, we also see these compounds in your vaginal habitat. So smoking and BV don't just affect odour, they can also impact pregnancy too. So smoking or having BV decreases the levels of other compounds in your vagina called dipeptides. So these depleted levels of dipeptides have been linked to miscarriage during pregnancy. And this is hinting again at that complex protective effects of lactobacillus and the negative impacts of smoking or other sexual behaviours that reduce our lactobacillus and our glycogen. It's still early days in really understanding the vaginal microbiome, but it's really clearly complex ecosystem. And there's some pretty impressive health benefits. So if you needed yet another reason to cut down your stress or give up smoking, just go with the latest science and think of your vagina. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you, Dr. Tiffany Nelson. She's from QFAB in Queensland, speaking at the Beaker Street Festival in Hobart. All those biomes, we couldn't do without them. I'm Robin Williams. Hello, I'm Lynn Malcolm. If you liked that podcast, then you may enjoy listening to mine. All in the Mind is an exploration of all things mental, the brain and behaviour, and all the fascinating connections between them. Just search for All in the Mind in the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.